0: Man, I had some of the the worst shin splint pain I've ever experienced in my life, and uh, without having stopped and taking some painkillers and getting some electrolytes in me and Luke helping with some stretching and it was it was pretty severe pain, and I, it slowed me down quite a bit. I think we we ended up coming up maybe ten miles short of where we expected to that that evening um, because I just I couldn't keep the pace.
1: Episode 61, Janaid Dawood tells us about climbing all 58 Colorado 14ers in a single trip. This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, brought to you by 180 TAC. Get out there and have some fun. Welcome to another episode of the Adventure Sports Podcast. This is your host, Travis Parsons. Some people spend their lifetime attempting to climb every one of Colorado's 14,000-foot peaks, and many never get close. In 2013, Junaid Daoud and his friend Luke set out to summit each and every 14 or in one single trip. Junaid is here with me today to tell us all about it. Junaid, welcome to the Adventure Sports Podcast.
0: Hey, thanks. So... You guys
1: have trail names. Let's start out with what your trail name is and how did you come about it?
0: Uh so well I actually have a trail name, but Luke did did not have a trail name. We we really didn't use him on the Fourteeners hike since no nobody was really out there, so to speak. Um uh, my trail name is Special 41, and I got it on the Pacific Crest Trail in 2006. and it was basically after making making a smart aleck comment uh, you know, about being special. Cause my mommy said so. And, <laughs> uh, and I, I kind of got, I got stuck with it after that. Um, at first <laughs> I was resistant. Um, and then I made an agreement and then I still didn't really think that I was going to keep it. It was going to like change or something, but it's really grown on me. And there are definitely a number of people who, who know me first as, as special.
1: <laughs> that's funny. I imagine a lot of trail names go uh, with resistance at first until people agree to adopt them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's it, it's a little odd when you're out there at first. You're like, oh, you know, I don't want to just get a trail name for anything. And so people, you know, and some people obviously never take a trail name, but I, I think they're kind of great. It's a lot easier to remember a name like Railroad or something than than Bob, you know, so
1: yeah and they always provide a good backstory, something to break the ice with people too. so when's Luke going to get his trail name
0: um i you know I don't know if he will uh, he if if he ends up doing any more distance hiking um you know he he may or may not end up getting one. We'll see
1: <laughs> okay so take a few minutes to tell us about yourself and what got you started what got you hooked on through hiking and climbing fourteeners uh so well, you know, I
0: always kind of was brought up going outside a little bit. Uh, we used to go camping and for a little while we were actually living in our property um, in tents um, before we got a house in town. So for like, you know, probably a good five months while I was a teenager, we actually lived outside. Um, I was also in the Boy Scouts during middle school. and uh, went on a, a few pretty great trips with them, some rafting trips and a couple of trips up to like Mount St. Helens and things like that. So I, I definitely had you know, the outdoors to some degree in my, in my upbringing. Um, when I got older, I moved out to Hawaii to go to to college and it was definitely out there on the trails around Honolulu and some of the surrounding islands as well, where I, uh, really kind of became a a real hiker.
1: That's cool. So if you've been able to experience hiking, uh, in a few different parts, at least on the, the West side of the States, what, uh, what would you say is your still your most favorite place to hike?
0: Oh man, there's so many great places. I I mean, honestly, anywhere that somebody is, there's probably a great hike within a half an hour to an hour drive of where they are. Um, on the West coast, there's obviously lots of of pretty iconic spots. You've got the areas around crater Lake and, you know, uh, um, goat rocks wilderness in Washington. Uh, the John Muir trail I think is some of the the finest hiking trail in in the U S um, Obviously, in Hawaii, there's some pretty fantastic views, but the trail is not always that great. A lot of times, it's just a ridge with a muddy path, if if that. Um, but there's some pretty amazing hiking to be had out in Hawaii as well.
1: That's cool. Yeah, I need to get out to Hawaii. It's a, it's a, one of those on my bucket list Yeah, in it, due time. it's definitely worth the time. So tell me a little bit more, tell me a lot more, actually, about this trip that you guys did in, in 2013, what made you decide to do this? I mean, this is a, it's a pretty serious endeavor. Most people, like I said, you know, attempt to, to do it in a lifetime and you guys decided to do it in a single trip. How did that all kick off?
0: Well, so I originally moved to Colorado after having completed the Pacific Crest Trail, um, in 2006. And then in 2007, I finished the the miles that I hadn't done in 2006. So after having completed the PCT once, I moved to Colorado, ended up hiking it again with a friend of mine and going all the way through that time. And a couple of years later, I, I was really feeling like I hadn't been able to take advantage of living in Colorado as far as climbing 14ers and climbing peaks, which was really one of the reasons that I moved to the state in the first place. Um, in 2012, I was already sort of thinking about my next hike and what, what I wanted it to be. And I had originally thought I would, I would hike the continental divide trail in 2013. Uh, but after sort of a, a day when we took the dog to the lake, um, I remember sitting in the back seat and we were going along and the dog gets crazy as, as we cross the, uh, the highway because it, it realizes then that like, you know, Oh, we're going to the lake. So, Right about the time the dog started going nuts, I remember just this, this idea of, you know, like, well, you know, you're not climbing the, the 14ers like you wanted to and you and you want to hike, so, like, why don't you just hike to all of the 14ers? And, and I remember thinking, thinking the thought and immediately thinking, hmm, I wonder if you even can. And uh, it went from sort of the curiosity of I wonder whether I could do that or whether wonder whether it can be done, what the mileage would be what what the terrain looks like, you know the whole bit, um, so the more I started thinking about it, the more i thought yeah that's that that can be done there 's no logistical reason it can't be, um, and then it was sort of a matter of well, do I feel like i 'm up to that challenge, and you know i I had at that point completed the Pacific Crest Trail twice. Um, I've definitely climbed some 14ers before. Uh, I'm a pretty good rock climber. I deal really well with elevation. I I had been living in Aspen for a few years and and a lot of times working up on top of the mountain in Aspen. So, you know, I I had a pretty good feeling for how I dealt with things at elevation. And uh, it sort of just went from curiosity to an obsession to planning. And before I knew it, it was, you know, it was, it was, all right, let's do this.
1: So you convinced, uh, your buddy Luke to join in. How was that difficult? Uh,
0: it wasn't difficult. I mean, it took a little bit of time for, you know, after I kind of had a short list of people that, that I thought maybe I'd invite along because I wasn't, wasn't really sure I wanted to try to do it as a solo trip. Um, right. you know, distance hiking can get lonely and, and climbing fourteeners can get dangerous. And, uh, I really thought like it would be I thought it would be a good idea to to have a partner for the trip. Um and Luke was basically at the top of the short list for people I knew that I thought had a good mountaineering background and would be able to to cope when it came to the distance hiking aspects of it. And uh I asked him if he was into it, told told him I was going to do it and that 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 I thought it'd be great if he'd come along and and do it with me. And, uh, he thought about it for a little while and then said, yeah, all right. You know, t- took him a couple of weeks to sort of mull it over. And I think once he was convinced himself that it was possible, um, then it was a little easier for him to say, yeah, let's go ahead and do this. Right.
1: Okay. So I imagine that was a pretty short list then, cause I can't, ima- I can't think of many people that would go out. You know, and and tackle that endeavor. I mean, just climbing a single fourteener is bad enough. You know, some of these can be pretty serious climbs. Other, others are fairly easy hikes. But just sit there and do all fifty eight of them in one shot. That's, uh, like I said, that's got to be a pretty short list.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's certainly not for everybody. I, I mean, I don't consider myself to be some sort of top tier athlete or anything like that. I'm first and foremost a, a long distance backpacker and. And I really think that distance backpacking is something that that most people can do. Um, they might not be able to do it fast. They might not be able to do a bunch of high passes all the time, you know, whatever the case may be, but, but primarily I'm a distance backpacker and, uh, and I enjoy climbing peaks. Um, so honestly, I mean, I, I wasn't entirely sure I was the person to be able to do it until I got to the top of Long's peak and finished it. Um, you know, out on the, the PCT, I certainly met a number of pretty hardcore hikers and people that had some, some good experience. Um, when I moved to Colorado, I met Luke and it was, you know, pretty apparent from the get-go that he and I would probably end up doing some adventures together. And so, you know, I I know that he had done some mountaineering, including in the Himalayas and South America. He's gone through some Knowles courses he's so i mean he's he's done some things and he enjoys um long distance like human powered kind of stuff he's done relay races and you know mountain bike races and 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 enjoys doing uh ski tour races all that kind of stuff so he's uh you know he's he's pretty hardcore he's definitely more hard, hardcore than i i would say
1: <laughs> well, it makes a big difference when you can find somebody that you click with. Um, there's got to be some trying times out there in that kind of hike that uh, that really puts you to the test mentally. If you don't have somebody there that can either deal with you or you can deal with them, then things can blow up pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Luke has a great temperament. He's uh, He's got a sort of, well, you know, that's how that's what things are today kind of an attitude. And for the most part, I think we got along fantastically on the trip we we obviously each of us had a couple of days throughout the journey where we were probably not very good company for the other but uh i think that by and large we made we made a good team in that when, when one of us was kind of having a down day the other one would kind of be able to recognize that and sort of help keep the spirits buoyed or whatever you know or in some cases just slow the pace so that you know, for instance, there was one one day I was having some incredibly bad um shin splint type pain and he just kind of was like, hey, man, yeah, we'll just we'll just slow down. We'll take it easy. We'll stretch, hydrate, make sure that you can, you know, make it. And uh and we did. Um So I, I really feel like we were pretty good at balancing out both each other's high and low points, as well as being able to sort of balance out each other's skill sets for the trip. Yeah, that's a huge benefit.
1: Well, it's a testament, too, that you guys are still buddies after all that. So <laughs> I think you must uh, must have had a good thing going in to begin with. That's cool. So has anybody, to your knowledge, attempted this hike before you guys?
0: So there were two guys that actually did something pretty similar, um, although I didn't find any real record of it until after we had completed. Um, I'd found, like, one paragraph on the Internet somewhere. Um, about some guys who had done some kind of a walking tour in 1985. Uh, after, I, after we completed the trip, we found out from a college paper, I believe up in Fort Collins, um, that there had been, back in 1985, three guys that started and two guys that finished it. They did the, uh, I believe, the list of 53 that was then standard um, and also raised money for a charity uh, with their hike. So there were some interesting parallels. I actually ended up getting in touch with the fellow uh, that was mentioned in the paper and, and chatted with him a little bit. And I look forward to hope, hopefully meeting up with him at some point and being able to swap maps and look at photos and things like that and kind of see, see the similarities and differences because uh, the two trips happened, you know, obviously you know, 30 years apart. So uh, pr- pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it'd be neat to compare notes and see how, what uh, order they had done them in, the time that they had done them, and all that that good stuff. So you never managed to meet up with them?
0: No, I haven't met up with them. Uh, you know, life sort of uh, get, gets in the way of things sometimes, and I haven't really uh, been in touch with them for a while. Not since a couple of weeks after I found out about the about their trip.
1: Some mud and obstacle runs are built for pain. Some are built so that you have to train. But MuckFest MS is built for laughs. MuckFest MS is the fun, mud, and obstacle 5K for everyone. There's no special training required. All you need is a sense of humor and a pair of sneakers. All fundraising proceeds benefit the National Multiple Sclerosis Society. Sign up at MuckFestMS.com. That's m-u-c-k-f-e-s-t-m-s.com. We'll see you in the mud. Colorado Mountain Club members get the
0: most out of the Colorado summers. We summit 14ers, enjoy relaxing fly fishing excursions, climb thousand foot rock faces, backpack through wilderness areas, explore the culture of Europe, raft through the Grand Canyon, and so much more. The Colorado Mountain Club teaches you the skills you need to safely maximize living in such an awesome outdoor playground, as well as connects you to thousands of other adventure-loving mountaineers. Founded in 1912, the Colorado Mountain Club acts as a gateway to the mountains for novices and experts alike. It's the perfect time to sign up for a membership. For more information, go to cmc.org. That's cmc.org.
1: I assumed you guys added up the the distance of this entire hike. Did you go on Google Earth or something and and lay out the whole thing to find out how far you actually did travel?
0: Uh, Sort of, yeah. So what I did is I pieced together all of the the bits that we had, which were basically each day we'd turn on the GPS, but it would record as separate tracks. Um, So I put those all into uh, a Garmin program um, and... Uh, also, kind of cross checked it in Caltopo to sort of try to figure out what the true distances and elevation gains were. Um, but all told, it looked like it was about 1,350 miles uh, from the beginning all the way until we'd sort of exited after completing the, the peaks. To, officially, we sort of designated the peak of Culebra and the, the peak of Longs to be the starting point and the finishing point. Um, But including the climbs and descents of those two peaks, uh, it ended up being about, yeah, 1,350.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think you're allowed to add that in.
0: Yeah. (laughs) so
1: (laughs) That's a heck of a trick.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And all told, we don't, you know, we're not entirely sure what the elevation gain was. Uh, The mapping software is... I don't think terribly conclusive, and I've I've definitely had some other people tell me that they think it, it's actually higher than we've said. Uh, our GPS only goes up to 100,000 feet, and after that, it doesn't it doesn't measure additional elevation gain.
1: Um, <laughs> not too many people have that problem. Yeah,
0: so I mean, like you know, obviously it's not not going to be an issue for most users, but for us, it was like, oh no, well we don't really know. Um, but according to the mapping software, it was some somewhere north of three hundred thousand feet.
1: Wow! Wow! That's crazy. That's just got to blow your mind to to sit back some days and and think about that. At times, I mean, you're the one that did it, and you know it's it's in your past, a couple of years in your past. But don't you just sit there and and think about that from time to time, just thinking how how did I do that? That's amazing.
0: Oh sure, I mean. Well, you know, I don't think there's many days that go by that I don't think of one of my long distance endeavors, um, either one of my PCT hikes or the 14ers hike. And the 14ers hike in particular is in some ways feels almost disconnected. Uh, It was so intense and and 72 days is long, but you know, it was relatively fast as well. Um, So yeah, I mean, I I think about it, uh, it It still amazes me sometimes that we managed to pull it off, that we got lucky enough, um, that we physically were able to do it, that we were mentally able to do it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, every time I look at Long's peak, I I certainly get a little bit nostalgic and kind of go, wow, dude, yeah, that really happened
1: yeah I, I I feel you there the um I certainly haven't climbed all fifty eight peaks but I have climbed longs and and it was one of the hardest things I've done in my life um, just at one peak and living just right at the foot of it and looking up at it there are many many days where I just look up and think yeah that was that was a great day it was brutal but it was great they make uh for fond memories for sure
0: yeah absolutely i I kind of have this idea that everybody should at least once in their life try to do something that they think is amazing, you know. Impress yourself, you know. Do it safely, people. But but impress yourself, and uh, and I definitely feel like I at least accomplished that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> That's one to take with you. So you've done the PCT a couple times, and you've done this crazy hike of thirteen hundred fifty miles across all fifty-eight fourteeners. Um, so does that mean you haven't done the Continental Divide Trail or the uh Pacific Crest Trail yet?
0: Oh, uh, well I haven't done the Appalachian Trail or the Continental Divide Trail. Um, oh, that's
1: right. I said Pacific. <laughs> yeah, I think pro- yes.
0: probably next on the list is my uh, is for me is the Continental Divide Trail. Okay. Um There's there's really no shortage of hiking trips I'd like to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Given given the time and the money, I I don't think I'd stop for very long at all. <laughs> So
1: why would you encourage people that have never done a hike like this, or at least have never done a a 14er climb, why would you encourage them to get up and
0: and give it a go? That's a great perspective, Um, you know, to get up on top of something like that. And I mean, you know, for instance, most of the peaks, you know, you can go up and and they're not really uh, a rock climb, you know, you don't need to rope up for them, they're not super super hairy. A lot of them, quite honestly, are, are long walks up that require a lot of heavy breathing. Um, but most people can do that. And I'll tell you that, that feeling of, of getting to the top of a peak and just looking out at the amazing view and knowing that you used your body to get it, to get up there to, for that view. Um, it's, it's a great feeling. It's definitely one of accomplishment and one that, that, that gets a little bit addictive, I'd say. Um, but it's, uh, it's great exercise. Um, and man, you meet some great people when you're out there in the mountains too.
1: Yeah, that's very true. And I like that you bring up the point about, you know, it's just, it's about getting there and, and feeling like you can accomplish something. It doesn't have to be one of the steeper peaks and, you know, one of the ones that, uh, that you can fall to your death on. I've climbed Mount Euron and that was just a beautiful walk on a beautiful day. And you get up and you see amazing views once you get up there. So, yeah, I would say, you know, if people haven't tried it, try a smaller mountain like that. You still get up there, you still get the views, but you're not exerting a ton of energy and it gets you a feel for uh, for getting into the uh, to the sport to see how you like it to begin with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as far as the, the hiking aspect of it goes, honestly, most people have got, got trails around them. And even if there aren't trails, there's usually Forest Service roads or BLM roads. And, you know, I think it's just it's a good idea to get out and and just walk in the places that you live. Uh, check out the nearby trails and and even if it's only a half hour walk, that's good for you. You know, gets your gets your mind uh, calmed. A little bit of sweat, a little bit of breathing. Um, and I, I think everybody could use a little bit more of that in their life.
1: <laughs> Nothing wrong with a little bit of exercise. So was there one amazing moment that you experienced that you just thought I am here doing the right thing right now? This is really cool.
0: Well, honestly, I mean, there were a lot of them, Um, you know, for instance, most of the time, anytime we got to the top of a peak, there was, I mean, it's a real punctuation of like emotion, right? You know, all right, cool. One more. We did one more. Um, I think when we, when we got to the point when, that we realized we were counting down the number that we had left rather than counting up the number that we had completed, I think there was an interesting shift that day where it was like, oh man, we're not, you know, we're not just trying to do it. We're mostly done at this point. You know, we've only got 10 peaks left or we've only got eight peaks left, you know? So that definitely, you know, once we could, would, could sort of, count them all on one hand that was pretty fantastic
1: yeah i'll bet yeah so so i didn't ask how long did it actually take you guys to do this
0: 72 days
1: wow that's a trip
0: we had a few days off in there some of them you know due to uh inclement weather uh one do a couple of them were just planned rest days um but yeah we had like one day where we needed to pick up a package so we had to stay an extra day in town uh we had another day that we went up um made camp got severely snowed on uh the next morning i was like yeah i don't think i want to climb a peak this day let's go on back <laughs> down to town and we'll do this tomorrow so we we walked out and then came back the the next day and went up and over grays and tories
1: yeah you probably enjoyed that day much more than uh you would have have you had just set out that day the snowy day yeah, we were pretty good about
0: making the most conservative call as far as whoever felt, you know, like, oh, we should we should maybe not do this, which to be honest was me most of the time. Um, you know, it was usually me going, oh, "I don't know, I think maybe we should just sit it out for the the rest of the day and and come at it fresh tomorrow." Um, like I said, Luke's Luke's a tougher guy than I am and uh and so for him he was usually a little bit more you know, ready to to go for things. And I was, I was usually the one that was kind of like, well, I don't know. I think, I think maybe let's make camp. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: to... Well, you need that balance.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and well, I mean, it was great too. Just sometimes when we were, st- you know, standing somewhere and trying to figure out, well, which way are we going to actually go here? How are we going to go about getting up this slope? Um, it was, it was nice to be able to sort of bounce back and forth and say, well, what looks good to you? What looks good to me? You know, and, uh, and when we were both right on, on, you know, thinking the same thing, it was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, I feel a little bit better about the choices we're making here then, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool.
1: So did you guys have a, were you elated when you finished? Were you, did you feel disappointed when it was all over with? I know when I go on a long motorcycle ride or something, you know, multi-day trip, uh, it's that last day when you're coming back, you're thinking, I've got to stop. This is, this can't be right. Was it, was it like that? Or were you guys just really, truly done with the trip at that point?
0: I mean, both, it's always both, you know? Um, I think most people that have ever gotten, you know, for instance, on the PCT, you get to the Canadian border and there's the monument and most people stop there and hang out and spend some time. And, and I don't think there's any way to, to not feel a little bit regretful that it's over because it represents such a high, amazing time in your life. But on the other hand, I mean, it's physically exhausting. You're tired of being dirty and sore. You want to see your family and friends, you know, there, you, so there, there's definitely, you know, two sides to it. Um, I, I was definitely ready to be done in the sense that like, I, I mean, I'd lost, you know, 20, 25 pounds, um, I was tired, you know, my back had also been kind of giving me a lot of problems for about the the last like week of the trip. So yeah, I was, I was ready to to lay down, which is pretty much what I did when I got home. I, you know, when I got home, I more or less laid on the floor for a week. Yeah, I'll bet
1: <laughs> you would think one person would, uh, would want a nice cushy bed when they get off a trip like that. but. You probably did the right thing,
0: oh well, I mean you know i uh I went from bed to floor and back and forth you know. <laughs> some some eating in there as well,
1: <laughs> just relaxing whatever it was it was relaxing, yeah, absolutely, so how about a story when things didn't quite go right on that trip? There must have been a a few hairy moments,
0: well, I mean, like I said, there was the for instance the day that we uh We went up Chihuahua Gulch um, and made camp with the intention of climbing Tories and then Gray's Peak in the morning. And overnight, it snowed quite a bit. And uh, you know, we still we had some we had good gear, uh, but it was still not very great weather. And I wasn't really terribly comfortable with the idea of going up with the weather the way it was and the gear that we did have. we weren't outfitted for like full winter mountaineering or anything like that. So we went down to town and let it sort of the weather settle and let everything melt out. And we went back up and got right over it without too much problem. Um, So there was that, you know, honestly, one of the, one of the amazing things about the trip was how often things didn't go wrong. Um, We, we, by all rights, should have gotten chased off a number of peaks by, by weather or lightning or something. And, and really it didn't happen. Um, Luke got sick once at, uh, at just after the Chicago basin area. Um, So that wasn't very cool. He got taken down by something he ate. um, And we woke up at about six o'clock in the morning and he told me he'd been been vomiting since midnight and he looked terrible uh, so we ended up taking a, a zero day that day and just getting a room and um you know letting him just sort of recharge because he was you know he's a pretty tough guy to so to see him go down as hard as it, he did that day was pretty rough and he he suffered for from it for a few days afterwards as well just the loss of energy
1: Yeah. I imagine that's taxing on a, on a hike like this. It's, it's good that you guys were within reach of, of civilization to be able to do that for the night. It could have happened in worse places, I'm sure.
0: Well, I mean, the irony was that it happened because of civilization. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't happen because of food we were, we were eating out there. It happened because of some, some bad food that we got from a restaurant. And, uh, so that was, that was kind of frustrating. Um, you know, and I had I had a couple of pretty low points as well. I never really got sick like that, but there was uh, after several days of road walking, it can really take its toll. And we had to do um, a road walk essentially from oh, let's see, the the west end of Kurakanti uh, Reservoir uh, all the way through Gunnison and then up to almost Crested Butte. And afterwards, I you know I was feeling okay, but we started to climb up, uh, to Pearl pass and man, I had some of the the worst shin splint pain I've ever experienced in my life. And, uh, without having stopped and taken some painkillers and getting some electrolytes in me and Luke helping with some stretching and, you know, kind of me rubbing it down and stuff like that. It, it was, it was pretty severe pain and I, it slowed me down quite a bit. I think we, we ended up coming up maybe 10 miles short of where we expected to that, that evening. Um, because I just, I couldn't keep the pace.
1: Yeah. Hiking with shin splints is terrible. Yeah. I want
0: to wish that on your worst enemy. Yeah, it really is. I mean, anything involving pain in your feet or your, your legs or anything like that, where every step sort of punctuates the pain that, that just, it's really tough to do. It, it takes its mental toll after a while.
1: Yeah, it turns a uh, a joyous uh, occasion (laughs) into a miserable one really quickly.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: The Bearline Plus by 180TAC is the handiest Bearline utility cord system you can find. This is not your typical Bearline. Our lightweight cord system is designed to be compact, lightweight, frictionless, and very versatile. Don't risk losing your dinner. Hang it the right way. The Bear Line Plus is designed to suspend food between two trees up to 40 feet apart and 15 feet above the ground with much less effort than other Bear Lines. Not only does the Bear Line Plus keep your food away from bears, it is designed to be useful for many other needs including a motorcycle and ATV recovery system, tie downs, straps, backpack repair, guy lines for tarp or tent, a tow line, block and tackle, and much, much more. Find your Bear Line Plus at 180TAC.com or retailers near you. In his first book, Sydney to London, The Long Ride Home, Nathan Millward writes about his nine-month, 23,000-mile journey across the world on a 105cc postal carrier bike. However, that wasn't enough adventure for Nathan, so he again headed out on another adventure of 8,000 miles across America and wrote about that trip in his second book, Running Towards the Light, Postcards from Alaska. Pick up these two great books and get inspired to set out on your next adventure. You can find Nathan's books at www.nathanmillward.com, as well as the Amazon bookstore and your Kindle.
0: Hi, this is Peter Schuster from geargasm.net. You're listening to the Adventure Sports Podcast.
1: So you were telling me that you're involved with Big City Mountaineers. You want to take a little bit of time to explain what that is?
0: Sure. So Big City Mountaineers is a uh, they're a nonprofit, and what they do is they they take kids who would probably not otherwise have an opportunity. Um, uh, these are urban kids, kids that grew, grow up in the city and don't really have a uh, an avenue to get outside and have wilderness experiences. Uh, but they take kids out for uh, week-long mentor wilderness mentoring programs, um, and they're they're great for a lot of these kids. It's you know the first time they've been outside and experienced nature. Uh, for a lot of them, it can be a life-changing experience. I think anybody who enjoys the outdoors probably can look back to some pivotal point, you know, some experience where they went outside and saw or did something amazing. And, and it, it affected them and they wanted to do it again. And, and so Big City Mountaineers, you know, really does provide that for a lot of kids every year. Um, and so we were pretty happy to be able to team up with them and raise, raise a few, a few bucks to, uh, to help out the cause.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So are these kids all around the country then?
0: Yeah, it's a, uh, their, their is in, um, Uh, Golden, Colorado in the mountaineering building there, but they, they, they do work in, in various places. Um, if anybody wants to check out their website, it's, uh, big city Yeah. To
1: be able to get the kids out is, is great because it's not only the kids that experience it but their stories and their pride of their accomplishments when they take them back and tell their tell their friends about what they did i mean that's that's simply infectious you know to get kids excited about getting out in the outdoors and experiencing these kind of things things that they wouldn't otherwise have a chance to to see that's great that you guys are involved with them
0: yeah absolutely i mean you know the the public spaces and wilderness areas of this country are one of our great treasures and you know if if you live in america they're your birthright you know um so for for them to be able to help some of these kids get out there and experience it is pretty cool pretty cool
1: yeah absolutely well i'll get those uh the links to those sites put up on the show notes so people can click through and check that out and and hopefully help out if they feel that they can
0: yeah absolutely i mean hey every dollar counts and if you're one of those people that uh does the tax. Tax-exempt uh, stuff, They all, all your donations to them are, are tax-exempt.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Even if you can't donate, then uh, maybe think about getting involved and, and helping out with this organization and get kids out there somehow.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the way that we did our, our um, fundraising was through their Summit for Someone program. Uh, and in, a lot of people raise money for them every year with it. So if you're interested, if you're going to go climb a peak somewhere, if you're going to go do a cool trip, whatever it is, Check out Summit for Someone um, and see if maybe it'll be a good fit for you.
1: Right on. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. How would you say that hiking, climbing 14ers, doing the hiking that you do, how is that a, a good benefit for uh, society?
0: Well, honestly, anybody who goes out into the wilderness and and has a nice hike, they're going to come back smiling and and i mean at just a fundamental level you know there's that if you took any anything else away people that go out and hike and come back are going to be at least nicer for a couple of days right so, so I, mean, <laughs> I would think so. there's that i and and i think that it also serves as is inspiration um you know anybody that that does something that involves long distance human powered stuff, I find to be kind of inspirational. And so it's always kind of cool for me when I hear about people doing things with their bodies, taking them over long distances. And I think that anytime you do a big trip, the people that you come across, um, the people that that you hike with uh, it, it ends up motivating people to, to be more active and to, to, to be more involved with, with sort of the natural world. And I think that that can only be a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also, I mean, when you, when you've got people that that do things like use their trips as a catalyst to basically shake down their friends and family for some donations for, for worthy causes, I mean, that's a direct financial benefit for a lot of nonprofits and things like that. So, um, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of people that, that that do that with their annual climb of Rainier or Adams or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, those types of trips, they don't just produce nice memories for those people, but they actually do produce a tangible result as far as, you know, dollars, really.
1: Well, it's a great opportunity for people to help out that uh, maybe don't uh, don't want to go up a 14er or, or have the wherewithal to do it. and gives them an opportunity to feel good about themselves as well.
0: Yeah, I mean it honestly makes them part of the trip. You know, every time that that we got into a town and we were checking our email or something and we'd see that another donation had come in for BCM, we would get pumped. I mean, that was that was part of our experience was was getting those those notifications that people were donating and that would pump us up. So, in a very real way when people are donating to their friends climb or or trip um, or the, the charity for their trip, you know, it, it, it helps motivate. So what
1: kind of tips would you have if somebody were thinking this, uh, this guy makes it sound fun. I think I want to go try it myself. What would your advice be for somebody to get up and do it the first time?
0: I mean, first of all, I'd say talk to any of your friends that, that do this kind of stuff at all. If you've got friends that, that climb 14ers at all, talk to them. Um, if, for instance, you want to get into specifically climbing a 14er, go to 14ers.com. Tons of information there. Uh, there's also a lot of great groups on Facebook, for instance, for local hikes. Um, you've got Meetup, uh, which is a, also a ni- nice resource for people that are trying to get involved in a new activity. Um, so, yeah, I mean, lo- look around at your local resources and also your friend and acquaintance group to to see who's already kind of doing the stuff that you want to try doing. Um, And, and usually people are, are happy to take you along. You know, if you're like, Hey, I want to try out backpacking. Don't really have all the gear, but I want to go out for maybe a night or two. You know, a lot of people have a spare sleeping bag and a backpack and stuff like that. So yeah, reach out to your friends in your social circles and, and, uh, and see who can help and go online to, to some of those great resources as well.
1: Yeah, I don't think you're going to find too many people in in this sport or related sports that aren't interested in in lending a hand and showing you the ropes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's not like you're asking somebody to show you their totally sweet morel mushroom patch, you know. <laughs> Which if anybody has one near Boulder, you please write in and tell me.
1: <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right, so how about a funny story? Did something happen along the, the way that we can uh, leave the listeners with a, with a smile on their face?
0: Well, there was the time we uh, sort of wished a pizza into existence. Um,
1: All right, I'll bite.
0: Yeah, so the, that was kind of an interesting day of bonuses. We, uh, we left Fair Play intending to go up to the base of Mount Sherman. We were going to camp out um, and in the morning climb Mount Sherman and then continue on the way we all of a sudden found ourselves at the base of Mount Sherman and it wasn't even noon. So we thought, well, let's go for it, you know? So we went up, got to the top of Sherman and it started to rain and kind of snow on us. And it kept raining for the entire rest of the day. So we got down to the, to the base and we thought, well, you know, it's early enough in the day. Let's go ahead and just keep making some miles and, and, and see how far we can go ahead and get today. And the whole time we were talking about like, oh, you know, wonder if uh, that pizza place in Fair Play will still deliver out here and you know we could set up our tarp here and just and just order pizza you know so we were we were joking about pizza you know several times throughout the, this day and then just before we got to the this main road that was going to take us into the little town of alma uh this truck pulls up and this guy offers us a ride and we politely decline and explain to him that we, we can't take rides because we're walking all of the 14ers and, right. And he's like, huh, no kidding. You know, he tells us his kids are climbing quandary earlier that day and, uh, tells us that he's going to buy us a pizza, you know? So we're like, yeah, okay, sure. You know? So he goes, yeah, you guys are going into South Park, go go to this or into Alma, go to the South Park saloon and, uh, and, tell them Joel sent you and uh, I'm going to buy you a pizza. So we're not real sure whether like whatever we figure, okay, cool. You know, I start laughing. The guy pulls off and, and we walk the rest of the way into town. The sun comes out just in time to set. We go into town, go into the saloon. And sure enough, the, the bartender asks us, you know, who sent us and what he looked like and what kind of car he was driving and stuff. And, and she, uh, we got, pizza and a couple of couple of drinks out of it so it was it was it was pretty cool pretty cool
1: man that's awesome that's awesome you guys run across a lot of people that are offering helping hands
0: on these hikes from what I understand right yeah I mean people are friendly you know contrary to what people see on the evening news pe- people by and large are, are friendly and uh, when you're doing something that that people think is cool you know offering a helping hand is is a way that you become part of that trip so I think people are are prone to to offer help uh there's there's definitely still that that uh that spirit of welcoming strangers and travelers you know so it's it's alive and well i assure you
1: oh, that's awesome that's great. So I also wanted to mention you have a website that details a little bit about this trip. It shows the the route that you guys took and a little bit of descriptions and photos from, uh, from the trip. And I wanted to point that out to people. It's 14ersThroughHike.com, and that's 1-4-E-R-S-T-H-R-U-Hike.com. com. i will put the link on the show notes as well so they can take a peek at that. It's a a phenomenal journey and uh, man, good for you guys for accomplishing that. That's huge.
0: Yeah. And absolutely. Uh, I did want to actually mention too, that there is a uh, a fellow who is going to be attempting to do um, a modified version of our route uh, this year. He'll actually be starting um, on Friday. I think that's the Friday, the 10th. Um, Yeah. So yeah. uh, Check him out. He's also going to be trying to raise some money for uh, a, a, a uh, children's uh, cancer charity. So, uh, you know, if you're so inclined, definitely check him out as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, good deal, Janaid. Thanks so much for spending a little time with me on the podcast. Uh, this sounds like a great trip, and uh, and I hope to hear about the the next endeavor that you guys launch out on.
0: Absolutely. Well, you know, me too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Right on. Well, I appreciate your time. Have a good hey, night. Thanks a lot for having me. Would you like to be a guest on an upcoming show? Just go to AdventuresportsPodcast.com and click Contact Us. And don't forget to find the click to call button on the Adventure Sports Podcast website and tell us your awesome story about your amazing adventure. And don't worry, the voicemail is fully automated. You won't be talking to any humans.